Hey, welcome to a new podcast from Dream, Cat, Dream Chasers. Uh, Want to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Replay Hemp by Harrington Wellness, Rita's Ice, and Team Awake. All we ask is trust. Uh, definitely want to thank you guys for sponsoring this podcast. Today, got a guest, ex-standout from Purdue, overseas professional player, Roy Harrison. How's it going? Going good, man. How you doing? It's good, man. Good, good. Introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from. Give me something. Give me, tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay. I'm originally from Jersey City, New Jersey. So Jersey is definitely on this podcast. Right. Um, born and raised Jersey City, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, played community basketball at Hutchinson Community College. Um, junior college, National Junior College Player of the Year. Uh, I think I'm the school's all-time leading scorer still. Right. Um, national champ there. Then uh, went to play two years at Purdue, um, two Big Ten championships. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after Purdue, I went to pursue my professional career. Played about 12 to 13 years in Europe, uh, various countries, uh, Italy, Turkey, Germany, as well as some South American countries, Venezuela, mm-hmm. Dominican Republic. Right. So um, been around a little bit. And uh, uh, and now, you know, coaching coaching college basketball at the University of Indianapolis. Okay. Uh Obviously, I coached in the D-League, coached at um, IUPUI as well. So, you know, basketball is what I love and it's what I do. Right, right, for sure. So you said you played um, at Purdue and played uh, one, two Big Ten championships. What was that like? What was practice like? What was the coach like? Uh, man, you know, I played for Gene Cady. You know, it's probably his philosophies nowadays when right. he wouldn't even fly. Right. The way, you know, things are going today. You know, he was real hard on you, strict on you. Right. But, you know, one thing – it prepared you for life. Right. You know what I mean? Because out here in this world, you know, you have to be prepared right. and, and things like that. Because if you're not, you can get, you know, caught up in a lot of things. But, you know, practices was real competitive, man. You know, uh, Coach K went hard three hours a day for right. the whole season. None of this uh, days off was like video. You had to come in and get treatment right. and things like that. So, um, and then I just think that our, uh, the way we were prepared, mm-hmm. you know, obviously catapulted us winning. Right. You know, because we was real prepared on our scouts and things like that. So anything that the team did, we've seen it. Right. Or we would know how to deal with it. You know what I mean? But it was a great experience, man. And, uh, you know, played with some great teammates as well. Right. What were your parents like coming up, playing sports? How did how did they deal with things with you? Well, my dad passed when I was seven. So I just grew up with me, my mom, and my brother. Right. And uh, my mom didn't really understand the things that I was going through, but she always made a way for me to, to do the things that I wanted to do basketball-wise. Right. So I was going to camps, um, getting um, to and from AAU practices and right. things like that. So, right. But also, too, I had, you know, good people in the neighborhood that looked out for you. you right. Know what I mean? not, like a family. Yeah, not like trying to steer you to drugs and things like that. And even when you wanted to get on the corner right track, you was like, hey, man, that's not you, right. you know what I mean? Right, right. So, you know, I mean, the village, you know what I mean? I had a village, it takes a village to raise a child. And I was in a good village, even though it was an inner city, drug infested city. Right. You know, it's still one of those things where, you know, the good people looked out, you right. know what I mean? For so sure. they kept me on a straight and narrow. I had a really good high school coach too, you okay. know what I mean? Because, okay. you know, when the recruiting came and things like that, my mom didn't know what was going on. She's like, why am I getting all these phone calls? Right. And, Right. Letters and why is my living room full of letters and things <laughs> right, like right. that? And then when the college coach started to come in, you know my high school, my high school coach was there to help out quite a bit. You right. know, what I mean? so you being recruited, this had to, 
And then for my neighborhood, I was the only one that was really going through the right. things that I was going through. Even my friends were like, yo, these coaches pulling up in limo. Right. Who is this? Right. I was like, man, anybody that come, come looking for me <laughs> that doesn't look like us, right. they, they're okay. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. so it, was, it was fun. It was fun. Got you. Who influenced Roy Harris? Uh, my mother, man. Um, okay. You know, my mom was a was a diligent worker. She worked two or three jobs, so my brother and I can have the things that, you know, not necessarily we wanted, but we needed. Right. You know, I mean, we didn't get everything we wanted. We just got, you know, what we needed. Right. So my mom is my biggest influence, man, and uh, I just tried to take everything that she taught me right. and try to expand on that one with my daughter, you know what I mean? Right. Because, um, you know, she wasn't really highly educated. I think she only went to high school, but, okay. you know, Common sense and and book smarts are totally different. Right, for so, sure. You know, she always found the way, man. And she's my biggest inspiration in everything. You know, what I mean, I had some really in my high school coach, and I had some coaches and things like that. But my right. mom is the right. What's it? So, what's the difference in the game that you see now versus you coming through? You're ex pro. I think the the athleticism is off the charts for okay. some of these guys, man. And nowadays. Um, you know, you got seven foot guys shooting three, seven foot guys handling the basketball. Right. So I just think the athleticism and the skill set, you know, is is a lot different. And coaches, to me, are a lot more freer with their players than when I was coming up. You know what I mean? Right. If if you were six seven and above, you played on the box for sure. You know what I mean? So now you got six seven, six eight guys playing out on the wing, right. shooting threes, doing things the point guards do on the basketball floor. So right. that's the biggest change that I see is actual athleticism and the height of these players doing guard things. Right. And, but at the same time, it takes away from the, from the post play and things like that. So, you know, it's a give and take with that. So that's the biggest change that I've seen. Right. What's the difference between this, the, this, the parents now and the parents back then? Well, the only thing I can speak for my situation is that, mm -hmm. you know, like my mom never went to a coach. Right. To say, hey, why is my son isn't playing? My son should be doing this. My son had to play X amount of minutes. Right now, I think parents are doing that a lot more. Okay. You know, in high school and on the AAU circuit and things like that. Right, uh, parents are demanding more from from their child as opposed to letting their child really like earn it. Right, and deserve it. Okay, and, and then I think they appreciate appreciate it more. You know what I mean? So I just think that so many kids go back home to their parents and like, hey man, this coach don't really like me. Right. Know? I, I'm going to go talk to the coach. Coach, man, my son should be, hey, man, I'm here for you son. Right, for sure. I'm trying to help him get better. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And if he work for it here, he or she will appreciate it more. So that's the one thing that, that I see that a lot of players, a lot of parents think that their kids are the next one. Right. You know what I mean? And it's so hard. Right. And, you, you know, you have a brother that played in the NBA, and you know how hard it is for I don't know what the statistics are, but it's very, very hard to right. make it. Right, you know for what I'm sure. saying? So for sure. you got to have a little luck in that, too. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> it's like 1%. <laughs> yeah. And then you got the European players coming in. So it's really, really hard to make it. I just think parents should take it one step at a time. Right. Wherever that kid is at, let him mature into the player that he's going to be. Yeah, you can provide him the camps, the, the workouts, and things like that. But let him mature into that and, and really, like, earn it. You know right. what I mean? So that's the difference that I see. Right. So being a college coach and uh, an ex pro player right now, I keep, I see, I keep hearing all this stuff about Romeo Langford, how he's not ready for the NBA. What is your thoughts on that? Well, you got to think about it. Who is ready to play in the NBA that hasn't been there? Right. Right. For they sure. all are based upon potential. Right. Like your brother was a high school 
player. It was all based upon potential. Right. Jermaine O'Neal, those guys. It's all based upon potential. So, yes, if they have the potential right. and the NBA teams and the general managers and did their research and did right. all that they can do right. and they still take this kid, right. then who's to say that this kid isn't ready or he shouldn't go? Right. Because it's a life-changing experience, right. whether it's financial or the lifestyle. Right. And I think it's up to a lot of NBA teams to have a plan in place to help them maximize that that potential because you see right. guys come out of nowhere. Right. Nice nowhere, you take Dame Lillard. Right. Nobody knew about him. Right, for sure. And he's one of the best guards in the country. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean in the NBA. Right. So so yeah, I mean if these guys got the potential to do all the research and they know they're gonna be slotted and taken. Right. Why not shoot for it? Because it's a dream of theirs right. all their life. Right. So, right. I spoke I spoke to an NBA scout. This was maybe like 10 years ago and I, I was asking him kind of like how do you how do you draft what do you look for and they, they basically said that it's off potential you know most kids that are already probably hit their ceiling a lot of a lot of times they'll get knocked down or they may not even get drafted but that's kind of how the game goes and a lot of people just think oh well because Romeo Langford had a bad season at um at IU which really wasn't his fault and and to be honest, let's 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 put it like this he didn't really have a bad season numbers wise he actually didn't um perform to the level of what the fans thought he should have performed they thought he was going to be the savior and that didn't happen now he's leaving i mean he's built for the nba personally i think once he gets to you know the knicks camp uh the Pacers camp he's going to be one of the better guys out there because what is he six eight he can handle the ball he can shoot it he's i mean and he has he has a lot of upside so the Talking about uh, college players, Zion Williams Williamson said that he's going to go back. Do you think that's a good decision, or, or what? Do well, you I mean, that's the decision he and his family has to make, right? Right. Maybe he feels as though in his mind he's not ready. Right. And he's going to get criticized on both ends from it because you look at the, the potential of an endorsement deal, right? right? For sure. Which is his second job, by the way. Right. If, if he was to come out, so you're looking at anywhere between fifty to hundred million. Right. For your second job. Wow. <laughs> right? So, you know, that's the decision he and his family have to make. At the end of the day, he's still, what, 18, 19 years old. Right. You know what I mean? So if he feels though he ain't ready to make that step, step, then that could be from a maturity standpoint. Right. That could be, let me come back and redefine my game a little bit. Right. Then who's to say that that's the right, that's a bad decision from him? Because we all, we looking at on the outside, I mean, how could you turn down this opportunity to go back, risk getting hurt? Right. Or give them more time to pick and prance your game. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, we all have our opinions on what he should do, but mm -hmm. only he and his family know what's best. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, as a as an ex-pro, you've seen a lot of guys um, come through. You've seen a lot of NBA guys. Why do you think LeBron's so hated? Well, I mean, I just think with, with all great players, mm -hmm. There's there's something. Think about it. <laughs> right. Michael Mike. Jordan, right? <laughs> Kobe. Think about Michael Jordan, Kobe. Right. Right. But it's the gift and the curse in a sense. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And if people hate LeBron, then you just pure hate because right. forget what he does off the court. I mean, you know, he's one of the rare athletes that right. combines strength, athleticism, and a knowledge of the game. Right. So if people hate him then that and either they don't know basketball right. or he's not playing for their team. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I have debates on Facebook all the time between who's the best and this, that, and whatever. And I still believe that he's not as good as Jordan. Right. Now, the number's going to be off the charts, but no one's going to touch Wilbur. No. Nah. Right? And he's not even mentioned when when you talk about goats. Right. But when you look at skill set, shooting, shooting the basketball, footwork, 
right. uh, post up mid range game, free throws, three points. I just think the joint overall game is better. And then, then you know, LeBron gets a lot of knock because in so many crucial points of the game when he passed the ball. Right, right. It's just think that Jordan and Kobe and some of these other guys got strong belief in their abilities right. that I'd rather shoot it than to have that burden rest on somebody else who's sure. probably not built for that. Yeah, for You know sure. what I'm saying? But you look at the plays LeBron made, from a coaching standpoint, he made the right basketball player. Right, right. You know what I'm right, saying? So right, it's that gift, like, you know right. what I mean? That people want to lean towards. Or he's not like, I'm like, yeah, there's no one like Mike. There's right. no one like LeBron. There's no one like Kobe. There's no one like you are. Right. That's the decision he made. And he – and he deals with it well, you know what right. I mean? I think he's comfortable in, in his skill sets and his ability and things like that. But he's definitely one of the best I've seen. Yeah, I think I think the problem is 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 LeBron is compared to everybody. You know what I mean? Like yeah. instead of instead of just letting it be him, he's compared. I mean, every time somebody comes up, all right, who's better than Jordan? You know, you yeah. you you go into every barbershop across the country, oh man, nobody better than Mike and nobody better yeah. than Kobe. LeBron's yeah. the best there is. And it's yeah. like it's always a comparison instead of just letting him be great. Yeah. And that's and that's the problem that I have. It's just like, you know, some for some of the stuff that he's doing, we, we may never see this again. I right. mean, it's just not, you know, like you said, you combine, you know, big, strong, uh, ball handling, speed. I mean, you you may not see this again. Not at six yeah. eight, I mean, he's a freight train. Even we talk about Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson is a freight train, but he ain't LeBron. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, yeah. he's skilled, but yeah. he ain't LeBron. Yeah. So man, and and now <clears throat> this is LeBron. What season is this? His sixteenth season. He didn't make the playoffs this year. Do you think he's on his downward slide? What What do you think? I think you know, Father Time catches up to us all for sure. Right? Whether it be work, working nine to fives or in professional sports, father time catches right. up. Right. Some sooner than some than later, right? right. He had the groin injury, right? Kept him out. You know what I mean? He's not playing defense at the level that, that we used to seeing him play. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then the body language and things like that. So I think it is because I think he has a standard for himself, and his body language I think has more so to do with him than anybody else because you know all great players expect a certain um, expect certain uh, expectations of their players, right? Right, right? So if I pass you the ball and you fumble it, not ah, come right. on, but Mike did it, right? Magic did it, yeah. We just living in an era where there's a million cameras, right? Right. So now it's it's right. it's it's, it's uh, blown out of proportion. So yes, I do think he's on his downward slide. But you look at his numbers; what he's twenty-seven, eight, and eight. Still, yeah. right? You know what I'm saying? But physically, he's not running people down anymore. Right. He's not playing defense at that at, at that level anymore. Right. And I think it's imperative that they get him help because Mike had help. Mike had Scotty mm. to defend on the perimeter. Right. You know what I'm saying? And right. he had Horace and Dennis Robin on rebounding and things like that. So Mike was more, okay, I handle the offense. Right. And if I need to switch, I'll switch over there. But for the most part, he was protected in a sense. And that's not to take anything away from him because he's still the only player to win what MVP and right. the 88 season, MVP being the defensive player of the year in, right. in the single season. The same so, season, right. yes, I think Father Time catches up to us all. Now he's going to have to rechange his game, I think, a little bit. Right. Rather than going out to the post, which Kobe, Mike, and all those great um, offensive players did right. throughout their career right. to still be effective and efficient. So, yeah, I, th- I do think he's slowing down a little bit. Right. Now, what's the biggest thing that you took away from basketball? The big, I look at basketball as life, right? Right. Once you step on the floor, you have rules. Right. Right? For I sure. can't take the ball and run. It's a violation. Right. Right? I can't run up in somebody's house. It's a violation. <laughs> right. right? It's a major violation. Right? So I look at right. basketball as a game of life. 
Uh, right. There's rules, you know what I'm saying? You have to coexist in society. You have to coexist with your teammates. Right. You know what I'm saying? You have to navigate through through people in life, right? right? You're going to get frustrated if right. I'm sitting at a desk being interviewed and I don't like the questions being asked, I can't get upset. Right. I have to sure. channel that. Same thing on the basketball court. When the game is height, at its height, right? Game tied, 100-100, and we got the ball. I can't be erratic. I right. gotta find a way to focus on that possession. Right. You know what I mean? So in life, that's the same thing. You have right. to find a way to to focus right. each and every second of the day, right. especially having families, right? right. You have a family, I have a family. I can't make these mistakes because it affects everybody. For sure. Right? If I turn that ball over. Right. Absolutely. I don't I have to live with that decision. Right. But it's going to affect. Right. Teammates, it could affect their pay. Right. It could affect somebody getting cut. Right. You know what I mean? So, and the one thing that I'd like that uh, Dame, Dame Lillard said that he was like, I know this might be going off a little bit, but he said that I don't, I'm not going to force a trade because it changes people's lives around. Right. That doesn't need to be changed. Right. Now, you could be the 12th man on the bench. Right. And you just going to get traded because to make I, the money right. work. That's right. And that team that, that's trading for you, right. they cut you. And this could be your last opportunity to play in the NBA. Right. Just for my self-satisfaction. Right. That's what I like that he said that 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 most I think it went over some people's head. Right. But if you think about it, if I do that, one decision for me can affect so many people around me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I look at the game of basketball. Right, right. Big up to Dame Lillard. I mean, he he does it seems like everything he does is for, you know, the sake of that of that franchise. I mean, he's actually, you know, he 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 could have asked out and and found a place to go win a championship. But, I mean, he's doing it the right way. And like you said, he's engaged in everything around him. Yeah, I, I heard um, uh, for the playoff, um, what was that, the playoffs, was it last season? He, he donated his check to, you know, some of the workers and stuff like that. I mean, you you just don't get that. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a big deal. Um, what's, give me one of the most memorable moments on the basketball court for you in your career. Oh, man, it's a lot. Um, I think the most part is it's 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 the winning. Okay. Right? Because winning brings smiles to so many people. Right. 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 But in order to win you have to learn how to how to how to lose too. So right. I'm probably sure a lot of people have lost. Right. And then at winning it just erases all of that because you have to go through something right. to to get to the winning, right? So right. when you see so many people happy that are cheering for you and more so the people that you went through it went through it with because right. Um, in college or pro, you know what I mean? You you out on the track, you running at 12, you running some of these winning sprints, and then you got that person pushing you. Right. Hey, man, you got a little bit more. You know right. what I'm saying? Your teammates, it, then when you win, it's all, like, like justified. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how many people can experience that. Right. It's, like, one of the most glorifying feelings of winning. It's like, okay, now everything that I've done. The hard work paid off. It paid off. Right. You know what I mean? Because there's only one. Right. There's only one winner. Right. For you sure. know what I mean? And and I learned that early. Um I think I might have been like seven, no, I might have been like ten years old. And uh and they had what's called a bitty league. Right. Right. right, right. So we lost in the championship, right. but they gave us trophies. Right. Right. <laughs> right. It was a trophy. They, they gave us trophies. I was right. so happy to have a trophy. Right. And I got home and I wanted, and my mom was happy for me too. But my brother, he was like, "Yeah, you won, but put that up." Right. I was like, "Why?" He's like, "That's second place." Right. He's like, "Just put that up." And I was like, "Why?" So I put it on the dresser. I come back in, it's gone. Right. And I never saw that trophy again until I was like thirty-six. <laughs> All right. He was like, 
Right. We ain't celebrating second. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, but then to that forced me to be better. You know what I mean? Forced me to go to the park. And you know this, in the inner city, you sell them. Right. Snow. Right. Off the court. For sure. Shoot. Right. Right? Because we, we didn't have access to, to, to gyms like that. For sure. And then if you did, you know, there's going to be a hundred kids in there. Your coat might get stolen. You right. take your coat off. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, yeah. So from that standpoint, man, you know, as far as my brother, man, you know, he really, really pushed me to be to be good too. You right. Know what I mean? So right. that's cool. Right, for sure. So what what is something or a lesson that you may have learned um coming through, you know, you 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 was under Gene Katie, you know, you played high school ball, you played overseas. What is what are some best practices that you can give your daughter uh coming up, even if she doesn't play basketball, if she does, what are some best practices you can give her? Well, number one, always treat people with respect. Right. Right? That's number one. For sure. And and if you do it, if you something you're gonna do, do it the best of your ability. Right. Don't let people dictate, well, you you know, you're not this, you're not that. Put the work in right. and, and let the chip fall where they may. Right. Because I provide every opportunity for you. Right. If it's something you wanna do, right. do it. Do it to the best of your ability. Right. Wherever that is. And as long as you can wake up the next day and say, um, I gotta get better than the day before, right. All right, let's go do it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So rather she plays the violin. And she can't hit certain notes, right? She gets she gets frustrated, like right. I mean, like really, really frustrated. Right. So I was like, okay, now I gotta find somebody to help her right. with this note because I don't know the violin right. like that. You know what I mean? So right. okay, we're gonna provide some resources for you to get it. Now as long as you have a passion for it and you wanna do it, you're gonna have all the resources that I can provide for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So whatever you're doing, do it to the best of your ability. You know what I mean? And right. always respect people, you know what I mean? So that's one of the things I I always try to tell her, you know what I mean? Right. And, you know, and, and you know, always respect people, but don't ever be disrespected either. Right, for sure. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, those are some of the things that I try to teach, try to teach her. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, Roy, thanks for coming on today. Anytime. We, we appreciate you, man. Roy Harrison, uh, extra do guy. I know you, I know you, it was probably tough seeing, uh, seeing them guys go down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, great run, though. Great right, run. right. Great so run. definitely a good guy, man, overseas guy. I mean, this is, this is something you guys can apply and, and, uh, kids that are out listening, you can apply this to your, your everyday life. I mean, you're hearing it from a pro player. Period. I mean, it's it's tough to get to that stage. Hey, uh, we do have basketball camp coming up uh, July fifteenth through the nineteenth at Mount Vernon Middle School. Um, this is uh, for grades um, K through eighth grade. I mean, this is purely a fun basketball camp. This should be the highlight of the kids' summer. Um, like I said, I'd like to thank our sponsors: um, Replay Hemp uh, from Harrington Wellness, uh, Rita's Ice. Um, and also uh, team await. Also, you can you can come you can go check us out at uh, www.dreamchasersbball.com. Also, you can check our Facebook page and see some of our workouts. We do ongoing training at Hancock Wellness uh, in McCordsville, and you can check that out at uh, Dream Chasers Basketball Indy. Like our page, uh, leave us a comment, and. Um, Definitely let us know. Let us know what you think, uh, the job that we're doing. Hey, take care out there.